Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. The weekly wrap on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. It's time now for the weekly wrap. Elliot Dank and Timothy Go with you. Today we're talking about what's in the news. Singapore's resident total fertility rates hmm. reported this week dropping below one. Well, preliminary estimates show that the total fertility rate fell to 0.97 in 2023, declining further from the previous record of 1.04 in 2022 and 1.12 in 2021. What are the factors leading to this and how worried should we be? Well, on the line with us is Dr. Matthew Matthews, who is Head Social Lab and Principal Research Fellow at the Institute of Policy Studies, National University of Singapore. Dr. Matthew, good afternoon. How are you, sir? Good afternoon, very good, thank you. So this is a particular issue with the total fertility rate uh, hitting a record low for the year 2023. I suppose to start us off, Doctor, what are some of the factors that pop out here that's leading to this? Well, we can't discount the fact that there were much fewer marriages during the pandemic, and that understandably so, since you know you normally embark on marriage and have children when conditions are more secure. Well, a natural knock-on effect is that when you've got fewer marriages, and in Singapore's case, people have children generally within the issue of marriage. Mm-hmm. And so most couples want to take two or three years before their first kid. You will have a dip in the numbers and they're seeing that dip happen right now. Now, of course, Singapore is not the only country facing this kind of issue. How are other countries like Korea or Japan dealing with it? Well, you know, I mean, it's clearly in Korea, if you look at the figures, the numbers are rather dismal. And so fertility is even lower than what we have in Singapore. But, you know, if you look at it, even in the countries which have for many years been seen as progressive in terms of many of their policies, and the Nordic countries, for instance, where generally they've got decent fertility rates, they also, the, the rates are coming down. And, and so you, you see this globally in developed mm-hmm. countries. Doctor, I wonder, you know, young Singaporeans, whether or not they aspire towards marriage and kids, we come from a time where these are considered like hitting benchmarks or markers in life. That has changed a lot. Uh, What are your thoughts on that? And how do you see this evolving, this whole idea of young people and, and what they aspire to when they enter the working world? Well, I mean, aspirations have changed a little bit, and uh, we still care about having marriage and parenthood. It's just that if you think about all the most important things, people don't graduate from college. The first thing they do is to, okay, let's settle down, let's have a family, let's have kids. I mean, that, that's not top in mind. Yeah. For most, it is really about, uh, let me make sure I'm successful in career. Mm-hmm. In fact, if you look at some of the surveys, it's even the priorities of traveling and seeing the world yeah. uh, probably is higher than people's priority of getting married and, and having family. So it's an important priority. People care about getting married and having children, but normally they think about, well, it's going to be after I finish other things from my bucket list. Mm. Yeah, speaking of that bucket list, uh, doctor, you know, as you said, when kids, younger people these days, they know that when they get, if if they get married early and have kids early, that means a kind of pause for the first, you know, three, five years of their lives while they bring up children. So there's a world for them to see. But how do we or can we still change their mindset about these things? Well, one, I think a lot of things have to be reoriented in the work world, for instance. Increasingly, people have to understand that, I mean, you don't have to necessarily peak at the start, I mean, right at the beginning of your career, you might be able to take pauses. I mean, as a society, we are going to be working much longer. So, I mean, it's not that we're going to I mean, be peaking around the start and then there's no more 
time later. There's always periods where you can get back into career and you can do well. But, you know, our biological clocks, fertility, I mean, ability of people to conceive, I mean, that time is limited. So perhaps that reorientation of time and how people look at work, mm-hmm. uh, that may, may allow people to say, well, some priorities might be worth starting earlier. Mm. But, okay, fair enough on the social front, on what people are thinking, governments naturally would get worried. Where do you see governments taking policy or is this a wider discussion that needs to happen? I mean, could one area be granting new citizenships? I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, you know, I mean, you can't run away from the fact that when you see a decline in total fertility rate, bit by bit, policymakers, society in general feels that no, no point uh, flogging a dead horse. It seems like this <laughs> idea of trying to get people to have children may not work. So uh, it, it's it's much more easier to be able to get new citizens and you know there are countries mm. where you have very very substantial number of population who are happy to come to Singapore and do have uh, the skills and so would you be able to attract them and perhaps some of them can begin their families right here in Singapore and that might help with our but of course you know the question is whether this is really a feasible solution in the wrong run because we do know if you've got an influx in immigration mm. too early that can change the nature and the character of our society and then of course are they going to be welcomed uh, by the locals as well because I'm sure many other people would want to come and be citizens in Singapore for the long term. Yep, and that's a big question. And uh, are we able to integrate people? Singapore brings by far, I mean, a lot more are fairly accommodating. We're happy. Mm. But, you know, when they have to look at other concerns, whether it's jobs, whether it is concerns about being crowded out in anything that's useful, schools, uh, then people do become a little insecure. And Mm. so immigration policy, you have to really calibrate it carefully. Uh, Doctor, one of the things that we need to talk about as well is the economic impact of this in the long run. We've seen that in Japan happening. Uh, what about in Singapore? We have a smaller population to start with. Yep, uh, and, and that, that it clearly is the is an impact. If you've got fewer younger children, there are major ramifications. And if you think about an aging of our population, you'll see the dependent ratio is going to be exaggerated even more. When you've got far fewer children and more older persons, uh, you don't have a lot of people to support them. And of course, above that is the idea about having a good injection of young blood into the economy yeah. uh, because that affects the robustness of the economy, if not our ability to easily pivot to new areas of the economy, You just really need a healthy amount of younger people to keep vibrancy within our broader economy. Okay, uh, doctor, I've got a, I've got a slightly radical idea, and I, I got to admit, I'm asking this question from a place of a lack of knowledge. I, I don't know better, but I'm just going to throw it out there, and we'll see how this this goes. What about making adoption processes easier? What about making adoption for singles easier? Say, if the single is above a certain age, thirty-five, forty, um, could that be a way? to ignite a younger population? You know, adoptions are, I mean, in, in fact, I mean, it'll take a little bit of uh, the orientation of Singaporeans. Sure. Many people who want to have married, I mean, want to have children feel that they really want to complete the union between husband and wife. So they yeah. really want yeah. to have a child. That genetics, them. right? Yeah. Genetics, yeah. That, that matters a lot. But then, I mean, there, there, there are a lot of people who are waiting to adopt. But the truth mm-hmm. of the matter is that you don't have a lot of options of adoption within Singapore. So it's going to be international adoption. Yes. And with that, you've got uh, lots of red tape, not just here in Singapore, but internationally as well. Okay. And from the country of origin. So when you have that, it just becomes a very, very long process. Mm. And of course, people fear that, you know, I mean, it will take a while. They don't know whether the Mm -hmm. chances 
really uh, having that adopted child feel that sense of connectedness mm. with the I mean non-biological parents. So there are all these fears and all that. But certainly, I think adoption is something that should be mainstream. People should see that as being very acceptable. And you know, I, I think it would be great if there are processes which make it a little easier for us to adopt. With everything that uh, you know, the world and professionals like you, Doctor, have seen so far through the decades around the world in Europe, in in Korea, in Japan, and things like that, have there been any kind of solution that has worked to reverse <laughs> the trend of uh, lower birth rates in any of those countries? <laughs> you know, I mean, perhaps it's different periods of time where different things have worked and some solutions that have worked before may not work as well today. But, mm-hmm. but for many countries, especially in the Nordic countries, in Europe, where they did see an increase in fertility. It's come with very radical shifts in terms of ensuring that parents feel and know that if they have a child, the child is pretty much taken care of with all the social welfare systems. You don't have to worry if your child is sick, there's going to be medical attention and that's going to be free. If your child has disability, there's going to be disability insurance that kicks in and your child will be taken care of the rest of your life. Education is pretty much given. In fact, you have a period of time in most of these countries, the period of leave that you have to take care of your young child can stretch to about a year or even more yeah, than that. Yeah. In mm-hmm. And yeah. so, so all these make it, I mean, it makes a lot more sense to have a child because you feel, okay, I mean, the risk are generally lower. Yeah. If anything goes wrong, I mean, it's the community, it's society which takes care of it. I don't have to be settled all that concern myself. Uh, in Singapore, it's not really the case. I know we've done more and I think the government has tried to make things a little easier for people pull the risk a little bit but it's still far from what they did there now those uh, methods did seem to work uh, at least for a good number of years but in more recent years even those measures even in the Nordic countries seem to be uh, I mean the effectiveness seems to be going down a little bit so we, we have to really think about solutions which work for our time today so I do think it's a mixture of things we do have to make people help people to agree that the value of having children is you know it's a high value for that and two we really have to to make it possible for people to have children within this space. So that means finding ways to manage cost of living, uh, find ways to make it a lot easier for people to juggle the demands of work and family, and also find ways to reduce gender division. I mm. think a lot of women who are happy to have children feel that you know they won't have a man who is helping them in yeah. that process. Or they might pay the price with their company if they go on maternity leave. Uh Ah, that's right. Yeah, so there's all those concerns. Yeah, it's more than just cost, yeah. Well, thank you so much for your insight today. We've been speaking with Dr. Matthew Matthews, who is Head Social Lab and Principal Research Fellow at the Institute of Policy Studies, National University of Singapore. Doctor, thank you for your time. Thank you, too. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.